My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996. We were homeschooling our kids and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers. I mean, you could have started off playing the right music. What's no, the right music? The correct, no, this is the, the right correct music. music. You're in Idaho now. Y'all figure it out in a minute here. Y'all yeah, welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chalk Knox, I'm the water boy, and it's good. You know, um, I mean, I, oh, get it all out now. It's, Just get it's it out gonna now. It's going to have another Texan on okay. the show again. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? That's what this is about. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He all. About. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Discover why more than a million people use the free Olive Tree Bible app as their go to for reading studying and listening to God's Word. Start by downloading one of many free Bibles and start taking notes, highlighting verses, and bookmarking your favorite passages. You can read at your own pace or choose from a large selection of reading plans, including the Bible Reading Challenge, which originated here in Moscow, Idaho. When you're reading, when you're ready to go deeper into your studies, Olive Tree is right there with a large selection of study Bibles, commentaries, and other helpful study resources available for purchase. There's also an extensive bookstore that allows you to build your digital library one book at a time, and Olive Tree's Sync technology lets you pick up right where you left off on your tablet, PC, or phone and get right back to studying on another supported device. Now, here's the best part. You can start with the Olive Tree Essentials Bundle for free. Visit olivetree.com slash FLF, olivetree.com slash FLF, and download it today. You know, that's really simple. You can support us by downloading the app sure. and getting like a free bundle a free from Olive yeah. Tree. That right. just is so simple to do. You yeah. want to know, you want to do something, do that. Right. Yeah, but download a yeah, Bible. Yeah, download a Bible. Um, you know, uh, J.P. Sears is someone you may have heard of, YouTuber. Um, I remember him talking about like vegan stuff like back in the day. Um, comedian, speaker, and author of brand new book from Brave Books, one of our... Who's uh, at our conference. Uh, actually, just yeah. recently we had yeah. them at our conference. Yeah. Brand new book entitled Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. JP, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. What's up, guys? Well, thank you for having me on. And also, thank you already for doing the shameless plug for my book. Buy it now! More than happy to be on with y'all. So, uh, you got to tell us about Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. I mean, did you do? You, did you write a kid's book because you couldn't write an adult book? <laughs> yeah, uh, as a, a proud member of the illiterate community, I feel as though uh, reading is very uninclusive to people who don't want to use their brains and do their own thinking. So right. let's do a heavy illustration kids book. Um, is it all pictures? No, you know, the, the, the reason for it, like, uh, it's not too far fetched. I mean, anyone who's half awake knows one of the biggest problems in the world, challenges, uh, I would dare say forces of evil, is uh, groups and agendas going after the minds of children. And it can, you know, what's happening in schools, Hollywood, and it can be anything from, you know, here's this gender theory, we want you to uh, understand kids or critical race theory or you know, teaching kids not to believe in objective truth, teaching kids to question their own God-given bodies. 
So nonetheless, I, I'm a father. I get passionate about protecting kids. So I see that as a problem. But not only do we need to protect kids from those forces, we also need to provide positive solutions to kids that in help instill good morals, good values, pro-America, pro-God. So the the children's book is a small contribution to that. And in it, I've, you know, in the, you know, entertaining, engaged children's story, uh, I've embedded the message. It's the number one message. If I could only teach my son one thing, it would be always do your own thinking, be in touch with your heart, and have the courage to let your actions be emanations of your heart and your own critical thinking. So I wanted to bring that message to families all over the world as well. So uh, that's why I wrote the book. And also, yeah, like I probably can't write an adult book. (laughs) (laughs) He answered the whole question. That was really good. I I really appreciate him actually taking that question seriously. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sorry. No, well, I mean, JP, I mean, we just got off of uh, a few years during COVID where it seems like that particular message was something that we we realized that like nobody like everybody people checked. really weren't courageous like people like left their brains at the door yeah. and just took the narrative i mean i'm sure that's got to be something in the background here of why you're writing a story like this well 100 percent. in in the context of a child's world when they're not following their heart when they're not doing their own thinking or they don't have the courage to let their actions be expressions of that for kids we say that's peer pressure they've succumbed to peer pressure and and that's in this book. But the past three years, what we've seen with adults is adults who don't have the courage or the they're in touch with their own critical thinking, their heart. And I think, by the way, our heart, that's where God speaks to us from. So adults who are succumbing to peer pressure, that's called obedience. And we've seen a heck of a lot of that over the past few years. And I'm all about freedom. If someone just wants to be obedient, like, of course, they're welcome to. However, I think what we probably know, and it needs to be said, nobody is going to have a happy life, a meaningful life, feeling on purpose, being fulfilled if they're just obedient, if they're just doing as they're told. You know, I think our our brilliant God-given minds and our amazing heart those are the resources we want to connect with to have in the driver's seat of the vehicle of our life, because those are the things, you know, our heart and our own mind, those are the things that will allow us to, on the whole, have a happy life filled with meaning and fulfillment. JP, um, we, um, I'm sure like you, uh, maybe, maybe not, um, but like uh, this last probably two years, three years, we've been canceled or suspended by YouTube frequently. In fact, Vimeo just last month canceled our contract with them um, because we're Christians and we're political and we have honest conversations. Um, how, you know, I, I particularly, I knew some of your vegan stuff uh, before, but uh, particularly during COVID, I found you and your videos on, on um, you know, where you're wearing the life jacket and some of your COVID videos. Has, <laughs> uh, is, what's the hate mail like? What's the uh, cancel culture like with you? It doesn't seem like you have as much of a problem uh, on existing on YouTube than than we have. Uh, you know what what's that like? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple bullet points on that. Uh, one, you know, I, I ask fairly frequently, and I ask myself this too: like, 
how in the heck am I still on YouTube? (laughs) And and I I think there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, first of all, I'm aware of what the hot button subjects are that can get you deplatformed. You know, I'm not worried if I have videos demonetized, like I don't really care about that. But like being deplatformed, like that's something I want to avoid if it's possible, because YouTube, amongst the other platforms, that's the way I get to connect with people. So I'm aware of what the hot button subjects are. And here's an advantage I have being a comedian. I'm a creator. So I have to just consider what are creative ways I can say what I need to say without saying it literally where the risk of being deplatformed would be high. And, you know, example, you mentioned that life jacket video where if people saw you realize, oh, that video is not about life jackets. (laughs) (laughs) It was a creative metaphor and analogy of speaking of the pharmaceutical uh, mandate agenda. So, so this, I think is, this is kind of like where you're lucky, where creative thinking is just isn't really present in our country. <laughs> so you can do this yeah. highbrow it, comedy and get away with it or lowbrow. Yeah, it, you know, being a comedian, it's, yeah, if I was a doctor, which I assure you I'm far from it, but if I was a doctor, like I'm going to just say things in a straightforward way that's appropriate for doctors. Yeah, being a comedian, I can go cool, metaphors, analogies, satire. Uh, it's very helpful. And, and, uh, but lastly, uh, you mentioned cancel culture in general. Largely, I look at cancel culture as something that only works if you consent to it. Now, it, it's it's one thing, cancel culture, like if you're kicked off YouTube, like, yeah, that's one element and, and that stinks. Do my best not to be kicked off. But as far as the rage mobs of cancel culture, trying to intimidate people into apologies, trying to silence them, trying to get them to change, that cancel culture only works if someone consents to it. It's a consensual relationship. And how people tend to consent to cancel culture is through fear. Fear is the it's the wedding ring that unionizes someone with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And specifically, if you fear what cancel culture could take away, if you fear losing what they could take away, now you're controlled I by them. You. you are in a relationship with them. But if you don't fear what could be lost through cancel culture, you're not controllable. And you see people like Jordan Peterson, Dave Chappelle, like they don't fear what cancel culture can take away. And and I personally, I ground that. So I, I don't succumb to the fear of it. I ground that and just reminding myself what's most important. My family, my mission, my friends, human connection, faith, being on purpose. Those are things cancel culture can never take away. But those are the things that really matter. So with that said, I'm I'm grateful that I've been, I guess I have this natural immunity to cancel culture. Like, yeah, it comes after me, but it's like, it it doesn't get me because I don't consent to it. That's really interesting because I was just thinking about, were you practicing that before COVID happened? Because when COVID happened, I remember looking up on on YouTube and finding you at some rally hosting it um, with people who were saying, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't force vaccines on people. Maybe people should have the right to go and open up their businesses. I just remember you hosting that event. And 
I was I'm wondering, like, when did it happen? Because it didn't see a whole lot of people during that time want to be bold, want to stand up, didn't want to really say much, just wanted just to be comfortable in the cut, mainly because they didn't want to get canceled. So when did you start practicing that type of uh, uh, canceled? I mean, I mean, let's face it, his your meat vegan video didn't really communicate courage. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It, it, takes, it, it takes courage to stand up to vegans. Uh, it does. It does. You know, I, I, and I love the question. I think it's been since about 2016 uh, that I was really aware that we live in a society where some people who unfortunately aren't connected to a great purpose they find a small sense of purpose by being a connoisseur of outrage. It's the victim mentality where people have gotten very creative with how to be offended about mm. anything. Yeah. And that gives them like, Hey, you know, I get a sense of purpose because I make myself the victim of like you like saying something that wasn't actually about me. So back in 2016, I actually made a video called, how to get offended by anything. And it was making fun of this phenomenon. And that was, you know, to me, that's um, the same sort of uh, architecture of present day cancel culture, just in a little bit of a smaller form, same pattern. Obviously today, cancel culture, people being offended and like try to ruin your life because of it. That that's amplified. It's more intense, but it's the same pattern that I've been seeing, you know, for, you know, probably close to 10 years. So you've been in the game for a long time. As you look across the social media um, spectrum, I got, there's two questions here. I kind of want to know what you think is like the best platform for what you do. And I want to know how, how has social media changed since you got in the game? Yeah, it's a great question. Personally, the uh, what I think is the best platform for what I do is Rumble. You know, I, wow. I love the, the huh. value of we do free speech. And man, I am welcome to America. Everything depends on free speech. So a platform that's in alignment with that, it's very important. And I, I mean, I think it's a good contribution to helping protect and preserve our freedom of speech, but also as a creator, it's nice to be able to upload videos without always being under the tyrannical threat of that platform wants to deplatform you. But then, yeah, like how, how social media has changed, like, wow, in the you know, past 10 years, it's, it's definitely changed. It, I've, uh, it's certainly become a lot more political. And, you know, I, I think there's more divisiveness in social media for sure. But there's also more unity. I mean, there's there's people sharing great messages. And it's like, man, it compared to 20 years ago with no social media, like if you're living in the woods in Kansas and you're having troubles in life, you're wanting to grow and live a better life, man, it's just so easy. You you, you go on social media, you find find a couple key inspiring people to follow, and it's like they're they're kind of you get a mentor and it's, mm. it, it's, so it's really a beautiful thing. And I think social media, it's a tool. It's a powerful tool. And I think we're best to be aware that any tool it can be used constructively or destructively. And I think 
compared to 10 years ago, we're seeing social media used for more of each. It's more powerfully used destructively and it's more powerfully used constructively. Kind of depends on who you are and what the user is. And also like an example of the unfortunate destruction uh, it, it can take, you know, we see, you know, like the Biden administration, you know, e- federal agencies uh-huh. instructing yeah. social media companies to censor yep. certain Americans. And it's like, well, that's a, that is very powerfully destructive. So man, the, the, the power of the tool of social media, I think is really amplified in the past 10 years. Well, that's really interesting. You said rumble over X. He's got, yeah. he's got uh well on YouTube, he's got about three, Million subscribers on Rumble. He's got about six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, and still, oh, oh, at the end of the day, you're saying Rumble, Rumble. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think part of what a lot of people are thinking about, like, where's the greatest monetization at? But you're actually thinking, where is the greatest amount of me being able to say what I want to say without having to be limited? Yeah, yeah, and and why I say for me, Rumble over X is simply most of my content's in video form, and Rumble being a video platform. X being, yes, they have video, but it's certainly not primarily engineered to be video yeah. distribution. I think they're going to make improvements to that. But but yeah, to your point, I, I don't have monetization as my main motivator for what's my most powerful tool because I, I earn more money on YouTube right now. Yet, I, I think Rumble is actually the most important for who I am and what I do and uh, wanting to reach people sustainably. So, if, so let me do this you, ad get it, and get then it. your question. Okay. If you're a fan of CrossPolitik or the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Ooh. Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything CrossPolitik merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got some specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases, whatever those are. Visit Rowdy Christian Merch at rowdychristian.com and buy that next gift or a little something for yourself. I mean, uh, Christmas is coming. It's coming. Start start shopping now. People have been asking me for my Christmas shopping list already. I'm just saying. I know. I know. Uh, My wife did. Rowdychristian.com. I'm like, you get that like December 20th for me. (laughs) Can we do Thanksgiving at least? Spoken like a true pastor. What's a uh, AirPod case? Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> well, I don't even know what that is. Uh, JP, uh, so basically our thesis of the show, cross-politics, Jesus is Lord over politics. And we did that uh, because we started in 2016 because we thought the church did not. We all grew up Christian. Uh, Toby's a pastor. I serve as a deacon at Toby's church. Uh, Knox um, grew up Christian. Yep. Uh, we all raise our kids in, in, in a Christian family and we send our kids to Christian school. I mean, like we're, um, what we call whiskey drinking Calvinist. If you know anything about, about Calvinism or whiskey or, or whiskey, if you don't know anything about whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's completely confused now. Yeah. Yeah. G- g- um, and, and so we believe like that one of the central problems in, in America particularly is that we abandon God and, and the church has done a horrible job discipling, um, its citizens, it's, it's congregation on how to apply the Bible to politics. And when you disconnect faith from politics, you know, you, it was a, it was a taboo. I grew up believing my grandpa would say, this is, ta- you, you never mix religion and politics. And, and I believe that that has been like the central problem in our church is that we've disconnected religion from politics who disconnected God from politics. Um, your, your upbringing as I mean, I, I know very little about it, but it seemed like 
you kind of grew up Catholic. Your dad was um, maybe some sort of atheist. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you got into like health and wellness. Like what's been your journey um, in, in all this and where kind of where you stand now? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I share that. But first, you got me excited uh, by a couple things. Um, I, I, I've, I've said this often. It's just awesome to hear it reflected. I look at all the problems in our world. America, but also our world. Sure. They a lot of them seem like really different problems. I think they have one common denominator. I think at the core that's causing all these problems is people being disconnected from God. That is the number one issue. And therefore, I think that's the most important thing to get people reconnected to God, create the connection, and then have the courage to follow the faith of God's guidance. Uh, I also have a shirt in my merch shop that says, my politics, pro-God. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm excited. That's great. So my my journey, I, I was raised, I like to say I was raised pretend Catholic. <laughs> uh, my, my mom's, uh, she was, you know, grew up super Catholic, Catholic schools, but we never really went to church much when I was a kid. But when my grandfather was around, yeah, I was coming to visit. My mom would take us to church and we would act like we always went just to try make him happy. So pretend Catholic. <laughs> and my dad being an atheist, that was actually cool to kind of like get a, a little bit of a diversity of perspectives there. And then when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I moved out to California where new age spirituality is like all the rage. And, you know, I, I, I really, I jumped into it. Uh, I think I got a lot of benefit from it. And also looking back, I could see, well, and there's plenty of flaws, plenty of propaganda. But now the past few years, I have accidentally gotten more Christian. <laughs> and what's interesting, uh, a number of people have shared with me that a similar thing has happened for them. Like I accidentally got more Christian and, and why I think that is at least for myself, maybe it applies to other people. Two things happened to me. One is I became a father and that certainly changes my worldviews, Christian values. Now they just like, well, that makes a lot more sense to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm a dad, (laughs) you should obey the Ten Commandments. (laughs) And then the past three years, from my perspective, evil has never been more obvious in our world. You know, I think what's going on right now, it's spiritual warfare between God and Satan. And, you know, when we see these expressions of evil, you know, like usually people on the news or whatever they're doing, like acting like they're the good guys, but, you know, the devil masquerades as an angel in disguise. So when we do our own thinking, we can assess, well, what seems evil to me? And there seems to be a lot of it. So if you're not willing to do the bidding of the devil, if you're not willing to sell the space where your soul should be to go along with it or promote the evil agendas, then in the presence of evil, you naturally polarize in the opposite direction. And the opposite direction would be God. It's kind of like if someone with terrible body odor walks into the room, you would naturally be polarizing in the opposite direction. That's why I think myself and so many others, without even necessarily really trying, 
we have really started to lean into God more than we ever have. So, yeah, that's the the short story of my journey and where I'm at. And I, I won't pretend to be a perfect Christian, far from it. Yet I'm very grateful that I'm seeing with fresh eyes Christian values. It's making sense to me. And man, like I said, I in our world, we the number one solution is we need more connection to God. There's a reason why the first thing communists try to do is they try to get people disconnected from God. Like there's a reason for that. So I think for freedom, America, and just happy, beautiful lives, we need the opposite. We need more connection to God. That's really good, man. I was just wondering, as you were talking, what are you reading right now? (laughs) Yeah, um, thank you for assuming that I know how to read. Well, you wrote a you book. You wrote a book. You wrote so, a book. That was, yeah. that was, unless you got a ghostwriter, you wanted, what is your ghostwriter reading? Yeah, he, he's a haunting ghostwriter. Yeah, actually, I just started a new book. Um, in the book, I mean, it's several decades old at least, but it's called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. Huh. I haven't heard that one. No, I haven't okay. either. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, uh, tell everybody where they can get your book from. Yeah, if, if you'd like to check it out, again, it's called Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. You can get it directly at bravebooks.com. You know, it's funny, as you were talking about this earlier, and we had passed it, so I didn't bring it up, but the more and more... Are you familiar with um, Bluey at all? Bluey, uh, that sounds familiar, but basically, no. It's, kids, what, it's, a, what's kids, it's a kid's show, and basically the Australian government said, we have horrible people in our government. And mainly men and parents. And so what we need to do is we need to create a TV show for the kids so that we can get children that grow up and love being good parents and love their families and disciple the parents on what it looks like to be good parents. And so Bluey has blown up. It's one of the most popular kids shows out is it there. Is like recently started in um, Australia? A couple years ago. A couple years ago. Interesting. Uh, three or four should, years our, ago. Our next guest is actually from Australia. <clears throat> yeah, we should ask and, yeah, yeah, and he, um, but anyway, they, they did this and this whole project, everybody's looking at it. And even in America, people are looking and saying, I wish I was like Bluey's dad, right? Because he's such a great dad. And so while I know you wrote this for kids, all the principles are here. It seems like a lot of adults need to be reading it as much as the children as well. So thank you very much for coming on Cross Politics, sir. Appreciate you. Oh, heck yeah. Y'all are gentlemen and scholars, and I I really appreciate you having me. I'm very grateful to be able to just connect and meet amazing dudes such as yourself. So thank you for having me on, guys. We're clipping that. (laughs) That's going to go on a clip. Man from Texas. Yeah, now now I'll be on the the blacklist of AFC or whatever. (laughs) Those extremists. (laughs) They drink whiskey. (laughs) If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politics when i grow up i want to work for a woke company like super woke when i grow up when i grow up i want to be hired based on what i look like rather than my skills i want to be judged by my political beliefs i want to get promoted based on my chromosomes when i grow up i want to be offended by my co-workers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by hr words like grandfather peanut gallery 
Long time no see. No can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.